Hey, good morning and a happy Monday. The day after Mother's Day. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. Happy day after Mother's Day, Judy. Thank you. Is it still Mother's Day week? There you go. Make it Mother's Mother Mother's Month. How's that? Mother's we'll go Month May sounds good to me. For Mother's Month. As I had to point As I had to point out to one of my kids yesterday, um, it's my which one is, of this was it your favorite or your least no, favorite? No, this is kid? Kaylee, who I don't talk Kaylee, about that much because she's it. my she's the good child. Right, she's obviously. She said something about it was complaining about something about her day, and I said, "I'm sorry, this is the one day I get a year." Ouch! Damn. You get, get 364 yeah, of them. Exactly. I, I get, get one. one. Mom, I cut a toe off. I don't no. care. It's, it's not Mother's your day. day. Leave me alone. It's not talk your day. Talk to me tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we'll go to the emergency room tomorrow. <laughs> Two band-aids. I'm not using yeah, my go. Mother's Day <laughs> to take care of your severed toe. You got right to sever. Jesus' default position is you've lost an appendage. Yep, I know, That's right? It. There's an arm involved. There's a finger. There's a toe. Sometimes it does happen, and on Mother's Day, no, it's done. I Really, this is the first Mother's Day I kind of did. I'm usually like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Was, I was like, yeah, well, all about me today. But, you, but you, you, I don't think you were alone. There was a lot of... Um, Pent up demand, yeah, if you will, right. and we saw that in a variety of different ways. Um, restaurants were packed, yeah, all weekend long. A lot of I saw, so I went out. What is oh God? Saturday. The days just blend. I might have been Friday. I don't know. One of the days over the weekend. Yeah, uh, I went to dinner and I noticed a lot of. Again, unless there's something going on. Older women with younger men. So I'm, I'm assuming there are a lot of moms and sons or moms and daughters. You know, I, I'm right. thinking that's what was yeah, going I, on. People actually, I, 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 I went to the gauge. Oh, nice. Right on North Michigan. Right on Michigan. Well, I walked. Yeah. Mm. I walked. I walked through Mil- Millennium Park. Yeah. I walked along the I walked along the lakefront and then I cut through the park and went over there. Yeah. Did you yeah. have that? The Dutch egg. Oh, oh, what is it God. called? The egg. I the did meat, not have an egg. The big giant meatball. I certainly did not have an egg. What's a, a I think it's not a Dutch egg. No. What is that called? A meatball with an egg on top. Let's go with no. that. And they can Inside call it brunch. <laughs> it's good but, food. But but I noticed like. Yeah, not a, I was not a say, table open. Several right? years ago, I noticed that five thirty or six o'clock. I'm not kidding about Mother's Day weekend. Yeah. People start on Friday because a lot of times, especially if you're married, you have to go with both moms. So sometimes you go with your your mom and you take her out to dinner, and then the next day you take the wife's mom out. The wife, yeah. But you know, I, I, when you also, get married, you then have another mom. If you look at, uh, the, you know, I always use an app uh, to book. I haven't called a restaurant and made a reservation. I can't tell you how long. If you're not on one of the apps, like yeah. Open Table, I assume you're just living in the dark ages. You probably don't take credit cards either. You know what I'm saying? Wow. You might not even have a phone if you're not on, <laughs> on Open Table. But Open Table. No comment. Mother's Day reservations were up like 60% over 2019. Pre-pandemic. So the, it, it just it plays into this, and we've heard this in a variety of ways. There's a lot of... Just people chomping at the bit to get out. And what a great excuse it was to get out and celebrate. I had mothers. to ask uh, Luke, what did what did we do last Mother's Day? None of us could. And then we realized, oh, we, we picked Nothing. up food. Yeah. That's oh, why. You did, yeah, you it was do, online. Everyone did. Yeah. Last yeah. Mother's Day, nobody was going to a restaurant because I'm pretty sure they were all closed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You, you so you this, get yeah, anyway. this right. one, to, this time it was pretty packed. And, um, and where did you go? I went to a place called Ground Level 101. Got it. It was fabulous. Mm-hmm. I had my eggs Benedict, which I was very happy. This was Sunday, like a brunch? Sunday brunch, yep, 1130. Okay. But the best thing I had was unlimited mimosas. Wow. It was a choice mm, between unlimited. A 
unlimited mimosas bottomless, or yeah. Bloody Marys. Yeah, really? bottomless. bottomless Bloody Marys. And I just dude? looking at her trying to decide, and we went with the. I mean, if I start having five, six, seven, twenty Bloody Marys, <laughs> okay, we probably had. They just come and keep filling it up. Keep yeah. filling it up. Do you guys have it in the sixty-four ounce? <laughs> Only the pitcher. Well, that's why we go with the mimosas. With a straw. It's a smaller yeah. glass. You pretend you're not you drinking. You feel like you're not drinking as much, but we were guzzling. Now, who all went to Mother's Day brunch? So it was just... Luke and Kaylee and Luke, I. Kay- yeah. So the three of you. Yeah, because Conlon is in Conlon, Georgia. who's the least favorite one, is in Georgia. Yeah. He's in Georgia now. So. Yeah, he's number three. On I'm, sure the, card, I'm sure the card will come today. Okay. Any minute now. Yeah, that card is yeah. being delivered, yeah. no doubt. They, Flowers will be on the yeah, doorstep. Yeah. He called Cody Express coming along with it. He posted something, believe me. Yeah, he, yeah, he was um, did all he could. So I, I, uh, I didn't. I called. That's good. You know, I didn't have to be reminded to call. I called mom. Um, did mom remember it was Mother's Day? She did. Thankfully, uh, my some brother, things we don't forget. You no, know, there is that right. She it's short term memory. Mm-hmm. It's not long term oh, okay. for her. Uh, yeah, she remembers like nineteen fifty something. Yeah, yeah, that's all. So she doesn't remember this morning. Uh, yeah, you know, one of those things. Um, but I, I. I, I'm just looking for a little credit. I did send her a case of wine. Was she drinking it when you called her? She's never not drinking it. Nice. Let me just put it that way. I think she, I think wine. we're at the point now where she's just like put a straw in the bottle and walks around the house. Perfect. I mean, I really do think that we're at that point now with mom who is stir crazy, wants to get out. So we're taking her out this, this weekend. Nice. We're going to, my You're brother. Good. We're, we're yeah, there you go. It'll be less crowded. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to the beach. Nice beach day, yeah. a little picnic. It's going to be like sixty-five degrees. Yeah. Well, you know what? That was the, the weather hot. was a little bit of a damper because we had booked an outdoor spot oh, yeah. that we had on getting foodie. Right. And then at some point last week, it I started said to, look to Luke, mm, cold and rainy, cold and rainy. Yeah. So he switched it, and then I felt bad for the Can outdoor I, place. But. I just want to point out again, and I'm trying to come up with. I haven't really fleshed this all out yet, but when you you know Chicago, the windy city. Right? Yeah. I think we need a new slogan. And okay. my slogan I'm working with now is Chicago. There's always a chance of rain. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Could rain I today. I think that would be very a very very bad slogan for Chicago. There's always a chance of rain. I don't care what <laughs> There's always a chance of rain. But usually multiple times a day. There's and it goes away. You know what? We're in the rainy season. No, we're not. It's spring. I refuse to. We are. This. It won't be like this in the summer. Every in the summer I've you'll be here. dying. You'll Every be day like I've lived here. when it's is it going to rain? <laughs> Some, or there was a chance of it. So maybe yeah. a chance of precipitation <laughs> might be better. So I, I I I don't mean to put you on blast, Cheese. Yeah. But Cheese is that guy. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. So we've talked before about like new movies that have come out, streaming, hey, this new thing on Netflix or whatever. Cheese comes in this morning with, have you watched all three Matrixes, the Matrix. He'd never There's watched the Matrix. Well, for yes, See? that's another argument. There you go. So, Cheese came in this morning and proceeded to give me a movie review <laughs> of the of Matrix. The first, of the first of the three, the Matrix trilogy films, which I admit are not fresh in my memory. See? Cheese. Yeah. Well, the last yes, one came I out in what two thousand and three. Was that literally? <laughs> I'm mean, still surprised that there are three. I only thought there was one. There's well, three. usually that's you know. it's a trilogy. Is he is he is Keanu Reeves? Yeah, in all he's in all three. 
The first one came out in 1999. Yeah. And then, that's what I said. The third one came out in like 2003 so like, or something. So then this, and he's going over the plot of it with me. Good, because I, 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 know, that I don't even know. I, maybe he's you can explain it to me. names. Morpheus, Neo, Morpheus, oh Trinity. Yeah, Matrix Reloaded was 2003, and then Matrix Revolutions was kind of like late 2003, early 2003. Wow. Yeah, they came out like back to back. And the third one just, I, the, I hated the ending. I hated film. the ending. He's talking to me about the ending of a 20-year-old movie. Like Hold on, expect, and he actually said to me, he goes, remember how that movie ended? <laughs> I, I remember how, I, I don't remember anything remember about how it. to spell Matrix. But it was like classic at the time. I'm Not so sorry. I don't even understand the movie. Explain it to I can't even no, understand the no. first one. So Jesus is that guy who's given me movie, to you movie reviews from movies from the 90s. Oh, my gosh. Okay? I appreciate it. Hey, <laughs> so this weekend I watched this movie called Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This thing's a riot. Let me tell you a little <laughs> bit about this movie. Let me tell you a little bit. I was in bit. that movie. You were in that movie. Everybody from Chicago. Everybody is in it at yeah. one point, right? Well, in, yeah. An entire was, stadium at Ripley's Remember in Remember when the restaurant, the Sausage King in Chicago? I was in that restaurant as an extra. Were you really? No, but everybody oh, says that. okay. I was going to say. I was going to get your was autograph. was in the, the, the scene Twist and Shout in the parade. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was in Wrigley. I was in Wrigley. <laughs> See? Right? During the baseball game. I know the Kennedy, person Kennedy, who knew Kennedy, the person Kennedy, whose Kennedy, house Kennedy, that was. About a swing. About a swing. Kennedy, 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 about a swing. Is it bad that I literally know that entire movie? It's a great movie. Beginning then. It's a great movie. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm getting movie reviews from Cheese. Uh, don't even get Cheese. Like, I can't even. I, I just can't wait for tomorrow when Cheese goes, oh, my God. Oh, so Gone with the Wind is this movie. <laughs> yeah. I was just about just to mention that. Have and you I seen think it's that? filmed like old school because it looks older, but it's so wait, not. Ready for, this? ready for this? I'm ready. I went to AMC Barrington. South Barrington saw The Wrath of Man. That's a new movie. Yeah. That's a new movie. That's a new movie. Yes. Standing behind me was this woman, and I said, she's with a bunch of kids. And bunch I said, you know what? You can go in front of me because you're with them. You got a whole group. And she's like, no, no, we're fine. Um, our movie doesn't start. It starts whenever we, we get in there. I'm like, what are you seeing? She says, Back to the Future. Oh, they and did I said, that. I've been trying to get tickets for Back to the Future because my son's never seen it on the big screen. Oh, my God. Right? Want to see it? So and they she, rented the whole movie? They rented the whole theater. 100 oh. bucks. 100 bucks for the whole theater. For the whole theater. Bring all you want. And you can wow. see Back to the Future. Wait, just their family? Yeah. Oh, it was you a birthday party. You can rent the whole theater. Yeah, yeah it was a birthday party. You don't have to have a party. You don't have to have a party. if you're going to rent the theater, might as well invite all your friends. I'm so that's cheap for a birthday party. So that's other than The Matrix, cheap. what's the biggest movie out there that you've never seen, Judy? Like, the most popular film and like, yeah, I've never seen it. Hmm. I got one for you. Never have I ever seen Avatar. Okay, me either. Uh, I haven't seen way, Avatar. Really? Still have no desire yeah, to see no. it. I mean, <laughs> four hours long of blue people and no, never yeah. seen Avatar. I started don't get to Avatar watch references, it. No, don't get any good. of it. No, yeah. never have I ever. And I, I see movies. I see you. Yeah, I have an idea. It's Avatar. Okay. <laughs> so tell you what, when I see Avatar, I see I'm going to come in and go check this out. So I saw this movie called Avatar, <laughs> and there's blue people oh in the cheese. Oh my gosh! And but I can't wait, but, 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 but wait five years. <laughs> yeah, I got to. Yeah. It's too you new. Wait like twenty it's years. Too it's too new. It's too new for cheese. Yeah, it's got to be. Too new. Yeah, it's got to be Matrix. That's too old. relevant. In from producer Miranda. Mm -hmm. When Judy Cheese and I were maggots, when we were teens ish. Maybe even into our early 20s. How long? How That's long not ago? going to how long ago that was. About 70 years ago. <laughs> we. It's 40 in my No matter where we grew up. Life. Tahoe. We, yeah. Chicago. Arizona for me. Okay. 
It was cool. That might be the most important part. Oh, right there, yeah. To go to the mall. And you would go there and you would meet all of your friends at the mall to the point that mommy or daddy would just drop you off at the mall and come pick you up four or five hours later. And that's all you did. You just hung out at the mall. It was like going to Disneyland, but with no rides. (laughs) You'd get an Orange Julius. You might get a pretzel. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Who knows what? Merry-go-round, buy some new parachute pants. Okay, Miranda, Miranda, I was hanging out on the street corners of Chicago. I was not at the mall, but I know what you mean. That was more of a a suburban thing, (laughs) not a city thing. The mall was a... No, but look at all the square. Yeah. yeah. But like in all eighties movies, they're, and they show, the they're always yeah. at the mall. Always at the mall. Hanging out and there's and it's packed. So now you can shoot a cannon off at a mall <laughs> and there's a good chance you won't hit a soul. Yeah. Okay? Unfortunately. Yeah. All you're gonna do is break the glass of the limited store because there's one in every single mall still. Of course it is. I don't know how they're doing this. <laughs> so malls are going the way of the dinosaur. I think might be a polite way to put it, especially the big indoor malls. You know, the ones yeah. with like anchor Well, the stores. anchor stores are leaving. That's right. the problem. Yeah. And with no anchor. I mean, look at the one down here on Michigan Avenue even. The boat Macy's drifts leaving. away. Yeah. Right. So what do you do with these monstrosities of building? I mean, they're huge. Yeah. Huge. Like, think of a mall that had three or four anchor stores, plus all the little stores in the middle there. And then there's a food court. Oh, so, Miranda, mm. let me tell you about the food court. So, the food court was where the cool kids hung out. Okay? Those were the oh. ones whose mommy or daddy gave them money. And you could, like, get nuggets mm. because they had a McDonald's at the food court. Oh, of course. They did. And you'd hang out. You'd have your lunch there. You know, hang so out at the you... food court. Say it again. So, Never, never, never mind, never mind. Never mind. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was something, something rude. The reason we bring this up is there is, uh, there's always a guy. So there's a guy. And uh, he has a bit of an idea. His idea is, so follow me on this. What if we just lived at the mall? Well, it- now, there's an argument I did through my teenage years. But what if it literally was your address? <laughs> right. And I think his this idea is like literally part of the mall. I mean, I have seen developments like right outside malls, like in the you know they yeah. share a parking lot. Yeah, which yeah, I'm yeah, even yeah. like, why? Why would anyone want to live lot here? With the JC Penny, right? Yeah, that's another I, it, argument. I mean, it's like Yorktown. I'll give you an example. They just built a new development there, and I was like, every time I passed it, who would want to live here? But you know, they finished it. It's really nice. They have a pool, mm-hmm. still within the mall confines. Interesting. Yeah, but I this feel, is a little different. This guy is taking like the Hawthorne yeah, like Mall the, in Vernon Hills, like the Sears store. Fox Valley Mall in Aurora, divvying up the empty spots and making them into right. condos, apartments. But I think you have to almost have the outside mall along with this. It's like you people aren't going to live inside of a mall. You, say you need that. that okay. Uh, yeah, you you're right. That. I don't know. Yeah. Who want, do you want to live at can I, can Woodfield I, Mall? Can you imagine? So, Tim Anderson is the, the Chicago developer who's working on this thing, right? Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Building living space inside these kind of dying malls. Tim, can I give you a suggestion? You keep the Cinnabon, I'm moving in. I'm just saying, if there was a Cinnabon (laughs) within walking distance, the smell alone. Can I have the Cinnabon smell piped into my unit? Because I'm convinced they do that. I'm convinced there's fans in the back of the Cinnabon. 
that blow that scent out into the mall. Yeah. So when you walk by, it's Pavlovian. It just grabs you. You immediately make a hard face. right, and you're like, I'll take whatever it is you're making right there. Yeah. Well, Judy, what are those? The, the two round buildings? I always forget the name of them. Right here on the, the river. Marina City? city Marina yeah. City. Marina Tower. Marina Towers. The city. City of the future. The building of the future. How'd that go? It had restaurants <laughs> in it. It had a bowling. You know right, what I mean? Right. So and a, it was a like mall all, could be the same thing. Integrated. Right. Yeah. And, and th- th- those are things. Yeah. There are places where you can like live, work, eat, shop. Yeah. Like. They're communities the, now. Okay. For example, like I was planned just. planned communities. I was just at the Glen in Glenview. It used to be the Glenview Naval Air Station. Okay. Huge. 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 It is now called the Glen. The Glen. I think it might have its own zip code. So it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. All stores and then condos and apartments around the store. See? So the anchor is Mariano's. I, I got to tell you, it's like living in the city. You go there, you walk out of your apartment or your condo, you're right there on the, on the sidewalk. Shops everywhere, restaurants, bars. You never have to leave. Everything's there. Well, and the, the and the idea they're having is is will this feed upon itself? The problem with malls is nobody goes to malls, mm-hmm. right? Therefore, the stores don't do well. Therefore, the stores close, the malls empty. If well, live. if people lived in the mall, and you're like, I need a pair of slacks, you could walk downstairs and go to the Gap, or I need more Cinnabon, which Ooh, is what everybody go. should be yeah. saying, and mm-hmm. you could do that. So then. The people living in the mall would support the stores. The stores would then support more people living in the mall. Da, 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 da. You see how this builds yeah. upon itself. That's the concept. Because there, we need to do something. Because malls... I, just, I don't know about in living in the mall. Inside the mall. But if they made well, I want to give you positives. I want to like, give you more positives. Fountain in the middle... I think First you have off, to have you have to look outside. If it's the Sears, you're not facing in the mall. You're facing so we'll outside. Hole in the mall. We'll yeah. let you see outside. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it might be different. Because called a window. <laughs> I've, already, I've already given you the number one benefit of living in a mall. Cinnabon. Cinnabon. <laughs> yeah. Number two. Mm-hmm. It's always 72 degrees. That's why oh, yeah. I wanted to live in a mall once because I'm like, it's always 72 and sunny in here. This is where I want to live. Right? It's like Wally. You're living in that big spaceship and, right? The biosphere. Next, they're going to be pumping in oxygen. You'll never leave. Right? The lights will be on all the time. And you'll be like Vegas. Like a casino. There you that go. That would be fantastic. Boom. I love it. So you can see where they're going with this. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, you think about I the think young people older, these days. Younger and older. Okay. Those are the two segments. You an older mall and a younger mall. Oh my gosh! Because there they don't be want different mix. stores. By Definitely. the way, I'm just going to throw it out there. Definitely, we're going to have to have a, st- a a mall for the older people of nothing but bric-a-brac. <laughs> I don't even know what bric-a-brac is, I don't but either. old people Yankee love candle. that stuff. They love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the the sausage place. They sell sausage and oh, meats. What Nick, come place? on. What is that place called? It's Hickory sausage. Farms. Hickory oh, Farms. Nice. That's the old person mall. They're going to love like that mall. You like to taste my meat logs? It's only <laughs> during the holidays. Still time uh, for our criminal of the day. Concern yourself not. Kind of speaking of a mall, i got to give a shout out to uh, Jamie Lynn Hineker of Minnesota, who may have found a novel way to get people back into movie theaters. We're just talking nice. about movies, right? Allegedly, Miss Hineker, manager of the Spotlight Theaters inside Mankato Mall, was adding a little something extra to the popcorn bags. And I don't mean <laughs> butter flavoring. Popo say Hineker was including baggies of cocaine inside the popcorn bags and selling them for $100 each, which is only slightly more than they normally cost. <laughs> Cops were suspicious at the sudden demand for $100 bags of popcorn and... <laughs> And Hanneker gleefully sold one to a buyer the cop sent into the theater. She's been charged with selling narcotics. And unsurprisingly, this isn't her first time. She faces (laughs) up to 20 years in prison if convicted. So for finding a way 
to make a night at the Cineplex even more expensive than normal. You, Jamie Hineker, are the Bruce St. James Show Criminal of the Day. All suspects described above uh, should be considered innocent. Come on, she's an entrepreneur. Guilty in the court Very of creative. Law. Come on. No matter how crazy they are, we're taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. She's kick us off. Yeah, man, with some good news. As of right now, no state is reporting an increase in COVID cases. Let's take that. Wow. That's huge. Could change by tomorrow, so you never know. Nice, but we'll take it today. right now. Judy Pye? Um, Unfortunately, architect Helmut Jan killed in a bike accident near St. Charles. He designed the Thompson Center, which might be sold soon, actually. There is that. Um, And a gunman in Colorado Springs goes to a birthday party, shoots and kills six people, then turns the gun on himself. Another weekend, another mass shooting, sadly enough. Um, we know, n- not just here, because I, th- I think that there is, it's important to look locally. It's important to know what's going on in your own backyard. But is what's happening here, I always look for, is it unique or is it kind of similar to what's going on in other places? Because when I hear the stories that, for example, Chicago Public Schools has reopened, but depending on the numbers you look at, 10, 15, maybe 20% only of the kids return to classrooms. We have these empty classrooms with a majority of students still choosing either distance learning or we also know a percentage which have just left the system. Yeah. A big percentage. AWOL, you know, absent mm-hmm. without leave. Is that unique to Chicago? The answer is no. The answer is no. Yeah. And it's not just big cities. Yes, L.A. and New York are having people trouble coming back to school. I I read a story. Bakersfield, California. Baker's hell. Yeah. You and I do. Yeah. Oh, God. They can't get kids to come back to school in Bakersfield. Please come back to school, the principals and the teachers are saying. The classrooms are empty. So why aren't people... Why aren't students, or maybe the better question is, why aren't parents sending kids back to school? And by the way, the seniors are the worst. They're coming back. They got the seniors, like see, yeah, they're just they're early. done exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, freshmen done. are the most likely to come back. Okay, to or to actually go right. to school. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't you know, think but it's... excited about high school. No, I can't remember if I was excited about. High... I don't remember being excited to go to. I think I was nervous. Freshman year, yeah. You oh, were okay. I think if kids are give if there if there's one if there's a tiny opening of not having to go to school, they won't. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I think right? maybe these numbers go to prove what we've known all along. Roughly eighty percent of kids don't want to go to school, <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe we, this is what we've known all along. Yeah. No way. There's twenty percent. You know who they are? Yeah. They spend recess in the library. Studying. Yeah. The hell are these people? Barbara Spencer. Straight A's. Barbara Spencer. Straight A's from kindergarten all the way through she graduated high school, went to the Naval Academy, and I don't know what she did after that, but that was the one. And and you guys, Eric Clements. You guys say that, but I do think, I feel like high school is less fun. Than during our time, it was less. It was less stressful. What changed is a 5.0 or a 6.0 instead of a 4.0. It's so much more competitive. It, you know what I mean? If you don't, if you're not taking honors classes or AP, 
you're like kind of like, hmm, we're, we're, ooh, you're not even smart. I mean, if you're just taking regular classes in high school, I just feel like the stress is a lot more. Yes, but you're assuming that these people haven't embraced their mediocrity. I think, I, you know, I would have just said, you're damn right I'm not. Yeah. I'm okay, B, well, let's I'm take a it a step. And let's by take the way, step. I got a smile on my face. <laughs> Enjoy the library at lunchtime, yeah. Bucko. We're going out and playing kickball, nerd. Yes. And how did, you your, how did your parents like that? Because my parents that's were another, in my schooling. Yeah. Well, that's unusual. Yeah. Because these days, the parents it's are like helicopter parents. No one even they, showed up at my graduation. Yeah, no, that's not <laughs> happening now. It's, a lot of it's the parents no. pushing the kids. My son, I get into a good college. It's so competitive. You won't, you know, it's. I just feel like it's not. Miranda's the one as who's fun. been in high school most recently. Yeah, Miranda, tell mm-hmm. us. Why are you Bruce a was spot on. Bruce what? was spot on. Honestly, kids don't really care about school unless, like, you really want to be a doctor or a lawyer. Or something right? There's like, like there's like fifteen or twenty percent who are like, I'm going to home. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, I'm going to get a six Again, I don't even know how that works on that scale. And the rest of you are like, whatevs. I yeah. was that kid. I was the B student, just like looking at You're all the kids walking. To Wait, the but you're saying laughing. you were the majority student? Yeah. See, I think you think you were the majority student because that was you. No, I'm, I'm telling you, when my kids were in high school, everyone was focused on, I mean, sports, school. You couldn't mess up, as you know, with the sports. It was much more yeah. competitive, and it, there was just well, weren't less they in fun. Were AP classes, and that was like yeah. Their so group? everyone I knew was like that. So I think it depends on like what group yeah. you're in, and like well, hmm. of course. So let's just go back to the numbers today. They're showing that. Yeah, yeah, people might, uh, Miranda might be right. right. That about 20% go to school, are interested, are eager, and the rest of them are like, whatevs. And not, they just don't want to go. They like, like workers, they want to stay home. You know, they're like, you know what, online is good. Are they doing online school or no? Some are. It's easy. And it's much easier. It's easier. In terms of. It's easier to get a B online than it is in the classroom. And it's easier to get away with not doing stuff and still getting a B online. Right. Everything's just lax. Right. The standards have come down. I don't care care how good of a student you are. If it's easier, you're going to do it. C's got degrees. (laughs) I need you to talk to my son. Uh, Because I have no argument when he's like, why do I have to take algebra? You have to have algebra to graduate. Why? I'm like, I have no idea because I've never used algebra since I left high school. I don't think you would have said that maybe a year or two ago. You would have had a good argument, but even parents are now lax. We're all, everyone's tired. It's been a pandemic. But isn't there like a chicken and egg argument here where I've heard before when we talk about adults, workers returning to the workplace. Are these buildings around us here in downtown going to start filling up? Are the lights going to start turning on at 9 o'clock when workers return? Well, one of the arguments, we are, well, workers can't return because the kids aren't going back to school. And they, they don't have daycare, right? Mm-hmm. They may need to watch the kids. And someone needs to be home. Well, how can, well, if you won't send your kid to school, now you've guaranteed that. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. well, which one is it? Yeah. If the kid goes to school, it removes your excuse for, well, I need to stay home and take care of my kid. Right. So are there some ah. parents out there like... I want to go back to school. You'll sit in your room and do it. <laughs> yeah. You it's, won't go anywhere near that school because mommy doesn't want to sit in traffic. Yeah. Well, a third. I mean, we and early on we were saying, okay, people are fear. You know, you have to you have to respect their um, decision because maybe it was the COVID fear. It was at this point we have but the vaccine. Right. It's science doesn't fear. back it up anymore. The surfaces, the cleanliness, it's all. So what is it? It's, it can't all be the kids. You're right. If I'm a parent and my kid says, well, I'm not going to go back to school. I say, well, yeah, you are. Yeah. 
Yeah, again, but not every right. uh, parent is in uh, engaged in the educational process to that level. But look, you just mentioned, but you've assumed they have a job, so they're going to need the kids to go back to school, right? Why aren't they? Well, maybe they don't want to go back to the office. Yeah, there, there appears to be a variety of kind of pushes and pulls. I, I still say, as long as you offer any school the online component, Expect yeah. a majority to take right. that. Right. They have to go it's simpler. Full force. Yep. It's easier. I don't have to take a shower. I don't have to get up an hour early to get ready and get on the bus or get to school. Yeah. I can play Xbox while I'm in class. While I'm literally in class. Like, and why for the parent, you? I don't have to get my kid out of bed. I don't, I don't have, have to have constantly looking over complain my and yell. And yeah, and and then I, you know, I'm getting unemployment. I don't have to really go back to work. So what does I've that say about school? We've made school mm-hmm. to the point that nobody wants to go. Hey, good morning, happy Monday. It's uh, Bruce, Judy, Cheese. I know uh, for for certainly for Cheese and I, a little bit of our. Our childhood uh, passed away over the weekend when Tawny Contain. Oh, I know. That's why. So sad. Oh, she was a hottie bumble hottie. Right? White Snake, White Snake oh. video. Didn't she, she married the lead singer, David, yeah. Co- David Coverdale. Coverdale? Yeah. How can we both know the lead singer? White Snake. Uh, I forget my mother's maiden name, but I remember the lead singer of White Snake. Come on. Who well, I hated him after he married Tawny Contain. Yeah, I was insanely jealous. So. She was hot. That she was. Uh, and only 59 years old. That's, That's kind of, crazy, yeah. Right. So, uh, Cheese, I promise that I didn't cheat. I didn't either. Okay. Uh, speaking of celebrities, we've got some celebrity true and false. And you can you can play along at home. Mm-hmm. All right? We'll go through and uh, and figure this out. What are we betting on this? Why does it have to be a bet? Let's just play for fun. Makes it interesting. Makes it interesting. All Makes right. It interesting. Come on. Another lunch in there? Another... Double or nothing, <laughs> Judy? Lunch? <laughs> sure. Okay, double or nothing. Lunch, lunch. Here right, we go. Okay, okay. All right. She started off. Whoopi Goldberg. Her real name is actually Karen Johnson. I did not know that. But she passed gas so often that people kept saying she was like a whoopee cushion. So she changed her name. True or false? I'm going to say false. False. I'm going to go with true just because it sounds funny. And she's a funny woman. Miranda is the arbiter of truth. Miranda? That is true. Oh! Yes! Unbelievable. Jesus got up one. (laughs) Okay. Next. Judy, you can read it. Betty White is older than sliced bread. (laughs) True or false, Bruce? True. Cheese? Come on, when was sliced bread invented? False. True. Miranda? True. True. I got it wrong? (laughs) Yeah, you did. Judy Garland suffered second-degree burns on her face and third-degree burns on her hand after a stunt went wrong filming The Wizard of Oz. Cheese? I'm trying to think when she, the witch melted. When was she around fire? The movie terrified me, so I'm going to have to take a guess. I I watched most of it with my eyes closed. <laughs> Why are you it laughing is, at that? It is a scary movie. It's terrifying. Okay, monkeys, so there's a movie you're going to need to watch. Yeah, so there's this movie called The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and it's got flying monkeys in it. Uh, the flying monkeys were the best part. Oh um, I'm going to say false. I don't think she was around fire. I'm going to say false, too. False. 
False. No. Hey! 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 We're all even, right? Okay. All right. All right. Guy Fieri's real name. What did you just say his last name? The way he says it. How's he say I it? thought it was Guy Fieri. It's not? But it's Guy Fieri. He always says Guy Fieri on the He's TV He's trying show. to church it up now. Right? Guy Fieri's real name is actually Guy Ferry. And he's first cousins with Prince William and Harry. It's so ridiculous that I think it's true. I think it's so ridiculous it's true also. No, I, it can't be. It's got to be false. False. Ah. It turns out his real name is Guy Ferry. He is not related to. Oh, so his real name, he did change his name to sound more Italian. Unbelievable. Okay, now I totally lost respect for him. And and not even Guy Fieri. Now he has to, what did he say? Guy Fieri. Fieri. Hey, forget about it. It's not even even Italian. I hope I see him one day. Hey, Guy Fieri. That'll teach him. That'll teach him. Jesus in the lead. All right. Judy Pye. Megan Mullally was fired from her role in Finding Nemo for refusing to do her high-pitched Karen Walker voice from Will and Grace. Wow. That's random. Eeny, meeny, miny, true. I don't even know who Megan Mullally is, so I'm going to say True. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to say true as well. You are all correct. Yay! Okay. Bruce? Jason Statham. You just saw him this weekend in a Yeah, movie. The Wrath of Man. Was a competitive diver before he became a professional actor, Cheese. Diver. Professional competitive diver. No, that's got to be false. He's too, like, muscly. I think he's too muscled. Yeah, What's a false. competitive dive? Oh, like, like, a dive from yeah, a diving like board. Diver, yeah. D-I-V-E-R. Oh, I was thinking a diver, like, putting the whole thing scuba. on. And scuba diver, yeah. Competitive diver. diver. He is kind of small and compact. Did you say true? No, I he said, said false. false. He's all oh. muscly and big. I'm going to say true just for the heck of it. I this think it's, I think it's true also. Miranda? That is true. Oh, oh, dang it. He was even a member of Britain's national diving team. Let's go to the... If Rodney Dangerfield can do the triple hello. lindy. The triple lindy. <laughs> I mean, hello. He was big. My bad. All right, My so bad. there you have it. Uh, the score is Cheese with four right, Judy with four right, and Bruce with four right. Oh, nice. <laughs> We're all tied. Nobody wins lunch. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> So Nick's got to buy us lunch because he didn't even answer. Mm-hmm. There you he, go. Uh, but he did mention the triple name. <laughs> yeah, he did bring up the triple name. So we're all even. <laughs> and we're going to the, we end up going to the Billy Goat anyway, so it doesn't make any difference. Uh, uh, up earlier, earlier. I like it. All right. Uh, Bruce, Judy, and Cheese with you. So, so, Judy, we have some statistics, if you will, at least when it comes to the state of Illinois regarding vaccines. Where are we? So we have given out about almost 10 million shots. Okay. But what that translates into is four and a half million people are now fully vaccinated in Illinois. We have about 12, 13 million people. Okay. So we're not even, we're at maybe the 36%, something like that. Yeah, we're not even at the halfway mark. Now, nationally, oh boy. 
Um, more than 150 million Americans have been vaccinated. Well, it strikes me that when you hear at that least number, one dose, right? Hey, see, I wish they would just. Well, see, but that's the thing. Yeah. So you've got four groups, as far as I could tell. Tell me if I missed a group. You've got people that have received two doses, group one, and are fully vaccinated. We call them the two dosers. Let's go with that. The vaxers. The you've got the J and J people that got one dose. One and done. One and doneers. Yeah. Right? Okay, that's group number two. You've got people that have one of the two doses, right? One but not done. No, thank you. <laughs> and then you've got the none whatsoever. Right. Right? Yeah. Am I, did I miss anybody? I don't think so. That's there, four groups. Is there two groups? Like the I haven't got it yet and then the I'm not going to get it? Does that's, it matter at this point? True. Well, it does matter. Okay. Them, yeah, I think that is a good point. Because maybe in the next week or two weeks, those numbers could change. Or are we looking at the numbers? I mean, well, so we can, if they've given out, we can, the four and a half, let's say Illinois, the four and a half million people fully vaccinated, they've given out 10 million shots. Yeah. Right? Right, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, is that going to be our number? Are we we'll need gonna... another 10 million just to get to 8 million. What? Get yeah, another 4 about, million people Yeah, 9 vaccinated. million, yeah. Which is where they would like to be, right? Yeah. That's This is not where they want to be. Even with 150 million Americans, that's about 57% of the adult population. And that's then, at of least course, one. And let's think about the kids, too, because oh, that's boy. part of the a population. Um, they okay. they weren't even um, able to get the shot until now. So that could that could up the numbers. But yeah, it well, here's the problem. There's a problem. States are now saying to the federal government, Stop sending us so many vaccines. Don't send us so much. We don't have anywhere to we put it. We don't need it. The fridge is full. It. Yeah. So I think that's that, a that's little bit telling. The telling. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. That's the that's the story, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Stop sending us so many doses. Everybody who wants one's gotten one. From South Carolina to Washington states are requesting the Biden administration send them only a fraction of what's been allocated to them. I saw um and I'm I'm sure this is, you know, keep in mind, it's public opinion polling. God only knows, you know, these numbers can jump around. But people who up until now have refused, it was, it, the number said there's like 70% said there's nothing you could ever say to them to change their mind. Wow. This has become their religion. Do you All know right. what I'm saying? You either get the shot or you're going to die. Oop. I'll take my nice chance. Yeah. Wow. I don't care. I don't care if they don't want it, but I care if it's gonna if it's gonna mean something down the road but, for those of us who've been vaccinated. But isn't that going to be the thing? Are we going to get to majority rules here? Are we going to get to majority rules where never get to community immunity? Never. We're never going to get there. Yeah. We're not going to. And what does that mean? Yeah. Does that mean we are still at risk and we're going to wear our masks? I mean, that's it's no. But are there's we, something called the community good. But are you going to get to the point where I'm going to be more callous than I normally am? <laughs> I know right where you're going. That whatever percentage of people are vaccinated, whatever percentage choose not to, you're not going to put a chip in me. Yeah. Right? And we just take our chances from there on out. And if hospitals fill up with the unvaccinated, they fill up with the unvaccinated and we run out of respirators and they die or they don't die or they get better or they don't get better. 
And I'm still going to restaurants. I'm still flying. I'm not going to change my life for people who choose not to do that. Right. Any more than I'm afraid to fr- drive down the street because some people don't wear their seatbelts. You're going to fly through the windshield, not me. That's one scenario. Here's the other scenario. Because I'm not going to let politicians cater to those who won't do the minimum. Right. Every, the, uh, for no. the, and again, I go back to the community good. That's one scenario. The other scenario is... I'm ready. That these variants get bigger and bigger and bolder and bolder and harder and harder to control, and it get we get back to ground zero. We get back to where we were. Like India, yeah, India. Just because we've been vaccinated doesn't mean we absolutely won't get it. I'm not now, bulletproof. Is and, what you're but saying? Because I think of myself as bulletproof. Right, you are not. But you probably won't die. That's what they tell us. You probably won't even go to the hospital. However. If it, we get a spike, if we go back, we had the greatest news today. No new cases. Yeah, no. If we it. start to go the other way, right. what you, what do you think is going to happen? I can tell you what's going to happen in Chicago in a heartbeat. Shut down the restaurants. Shut down the Navy Pier. Mm. Shut down that. That's what I mean about the common good. I don't yes, care. But those people if you don't, don't care either. Right. Those who aren't going to get the yeah. vaccine. So if nobody cares anymore, don't care. stop caring. I'm. I admit it. Stop caring. People are dying. Oh, well, people die every day. That's their argument, right? The ones who don't want to get vaccinated. People die from things every day. Exactly. So let's move on. Let's draw a line in the sand. June 1st. I don't care. Doom. That's the day. Things are, like we said, things are going to get back to normal. What if the cases go up? It's going up amongst those who didn't get vaccinated. Yeah. That was a decision. You you I support your decision to not get vaccinated. I'm not telling anybody they should. Not at all. I don't care. I say that nicely. Not really. I just <laughs> don't care. You choose not to do it. I, 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 get, I get back to my seatbelt analogy. I don't care if you well, don't wear your seatbelt when you're driving. And if hospital emergency rooms fill up with people who are seriously injured in car accidents because they don't wear their seatbelts, it's not a me problem. Yeah. I just don't care. Well, as long as there's room in the hospital for me, if I, being a fully vaccinated person, have a different issue and I need to go to the hospital. You see, there's there's all these different things oh, that can play out. I, don't I like, know. I don't like all your scenarios. I, I'm sorry. I know. I don't like them either, but that's what I'm afraid of. But I think they're going to ruin it for the rest of us. At some point, yeah. though, you're going to have to give up on them. Yeah, that's a lot, though. I mean, I, I'm we got to hope point. those numbers come up a little bit. But this might play into the whole vaccine passport, proof right. of vaccine to do yeah. things where what we will, just move on as yeah, a society. Right. And those what who choose not people? to do it are going to live in some sort of alternate universe. That, that will get them when they where can't, they can't get a on plane, an airplane yeah. or they can't go to a Blackhawks game mm-hmm. or they can't walk into the tar- I don't know. I have no idea. Because when you see the number, again, getting back to the, the numbers, you see the, the number of people who haven't got the vaccine and say, I never will. Okay, fine, that's a group. You have another number of people, and it's a majority of Americans, who believe there should be a proof of vaccine to do a variety of other group mm-hmm. things. And so, at least private businesses are going to make a decision. Who are we going to appeal to? Yep. Who are we going to appeal right, to? Right, the majority or the minority? And they've got these now little bracelet ideas, which I kind of like. You, I don't wear little, you wear a little bracelet, and that's your vax pass. No. no. And yeah. you know what What they <laughs> might do, too? People show up at, no. say, Wrigley Field, and they're not vaccinated. They want to go to a game. Maybe they'll at some point they'll just have the vaccine right there. All right, well, you need the vaccine, so yeah, roll it up. Roll it up. Two weeks, so yeah. come back two weeks. Ouch. In a variety of different fields, some of you listening right now, and maybe you're struggling a little at work. Not you personally. You're still really good putting widgets together. 
You're super good on the assembly line. If only you, you know had the doing. widgets. The problem being is something called the supply chain. If you're not in this business, maybe that's not a term you're, you're used to. But but there are people who understand this. Hmm. Thank goodness. To help us understand some of these supply chain problems out there is Nicole Walter. Nicole is the president and CEO of HM Manufacturing in Wakanda. Nicole, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Awesome having you on. You know, we, we've seen a variety of things. I got to tell you, what, what brought this to my mind is I saw, uh, you know, they make Ford trucks, follow me on this, by the way, in Kentucky. And they did this aerial picture of a parking lot with thousands of Ford trucks. And you're like, well, why aren't they at dealerships? Because they're all missing specific parts. In many cases, computer chips so they don't work, basically. It's a truck that doesn't run. They can't drive. Because they have to wait for the parts to come so they can finish these things off. Mm-hmm. And Ford's hardly the only one. Nicole, first of all, what do you, what do you guys make at HM Manufacturing? Yeah, so we actually do all power transmission components. So gears, timing belt pulleys, anything that's gearbox driven and conveyor belt, all of our parts are in those components. Wow. Okie dokie. Yeah. So that's some high tech stuff there. Um, are you, you understand this, this problem out there? And I've heard a variety of reasons from COVID to the darn boat getting stuck in the Suez as to why people are having trouble getting parts, equipment, pieces. Are you running into that in your manufacturing business? Yeah, big time. So, of course, everyone's been hearing about the supply chain issues, and it is a complete disaster right now. Ouch. Um, lead, yeah, lead times for materials, raw bar stock materials that we use in order to make our components that go into a lot of these OEMs and um, trucks and stuff of that nature. Um, some we can't even get till September, even as bad as November. So now we're trying to play this game of what orders can we fulfill, what can we try to maneuver to try to get something out of the plant and to also keep the team busy fulfilling these orders. So it is bad. Not only can we not get materials, but the materials that we can get from the suppliers from the mill are anywhere up from 49%. So, and that's your aluminum. And so of course, as a small business, I can't float those costs. So I have to pass that down to my customer, which ends up being passed down to the consumer. So it is not pretty out there. Nicole, what do you attribute this to? Uh, you know, where did all this start? I mean, obviously the pandemic, but was it a, a supply issue? Was it not enough people? What, what are, the, what are your, what are your yeah, suppliers where, where telling you? Yeah, what are they saying? So I'm hearing a mixture of things, right? I think with COVID, when you did have a lot of the manufacturers start shutting down and just having a complete resurgence of what they were going to do internally, whether it was for making masks or making gloves, anything to help for the pandemic, um, you also had labor shortages. So you had people that were having to be home that did have to quit because they had to take care of the kids. And then, of, of course, everyone's talking about this, getting the stimulus check. So now it's easier to stay at home and, and make more money at home versus being at work. So labor shortage is a huge issue, and the mills right now cannot keep up. So between that and then, of course, I make timing belt pulleys that do go into the semiconductors that do produce these chips. Mm-hmm. That is another issue, and that's the material that I can't get till November. So it is wow. just, yeah, it is trying to figure out with your customer now, can we use a different material? Can we use a larger bar stock of material, which 
if you do, it's more costly. It takes more time to manufacture. And so we're always in like this scramble mode of what yeah. can we do? Every day is a fire drill. That's uh, Nicole, it sounds uh, <laughs> not good for you for goodness sake. She's Nicole Walter, the president and CEO of HM Manufacturing. So it, it it's almost circular. If you can't make your parts, then the people making other parts can't make their parts, which then in turn, like it's this big, this sounds, how does this get fixed? Yeah. Good question. I don't know. I, anything right now, it's just such a scramble. It's something as, crazy as not even getting wood pallets to put these things on we're having what? a shortage of that too there's a so pallet shortage there is right now yeah wow so it is it is absolutely critical at this point that everyone tries to get it together because it is so hard for small business um and you know we're very busy i can't complain we've got a lot of orders coming in a lot of quotes coming in um and it's great to see these reshoring initiatives but if we can't get the supply chain under control, there's no way we can even fulfill it. You have to almost turn it away. I am not a business person, but I'm a little bit surprised that we were in that kind of a position. It's not like it's been years of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. It's been a year. Why weren't companies more prepared for something like this? That is a great question. I don't know. We were. Um, we had to keep working because the majority of our components goes into food processing, beverage, packaging, and medical. So we were gangbusters during COVID, and we just kept working and working. But you did see a lot of the bigger companies start to lay off, um, start to kind of maneuver the things that they were going to do and focus on different things. And I think just the, the whole mentality of what was happening and closing down restaurants and other small businesses, it just changes everyone's mindset. And then once you're finally getting the green light to go, now you're kind of stuck without labor. And to try to get people mm. to come back to work and, and to help with that when you still do have kids on a hybrid situation or, or not even back at school, um, it's so hard to find people. And that's what's creating the problem. Nicole, first off, we, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much for explaining to us the supply chain issues and, and the frustrations you're feeling. And, and we wish you the best of luck moving forward, okay? Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. She's Nicole Walter, the president and CEO of HM Manufacturing well, that's in Wakanda. Scary. Isn't it though? When you hear you won't be able to get parts for till November, you're running out of wooden pallets. You know those those wooden slat thingies yeah. you put yeah. things on. We don't have pallets. I wanted to make a bar out of those. Well, there goes that. That'd be the most expensive bar. Yeah, I've got right? like a dozen pallets in the back here. Should I sell them? them? Yes, you yeah. should. Seriously. On a mint, Nick. Nick's hoarding them. Hoarding pallets <laughs> in the backyard. Nick, maybe you can make me the bar. Nick Gale, pallets. Mm. Pallets are us. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah, you, like, might... you know, what the problem with the, it's the domino. It's always a domino effect, but right? that's the thing. It's going to start it, with this. It's going to go. Which affect, it's going to end up in toilet paper, I'm telling you right now. And Nicole's company makes parts. That other manufacturers need to make their parts so that they she can get her parts back. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's a circle. Yeah, it's a vicious circle is what it is. That's what it is. People before turning the gun on himself. Jeez. Uh, big fan of the number two? Well, you might want to start stocking up on toilet paper Here because the price is starting to skyrocket. Oof. Shortages are already happening. Why? I do not know. Yes. Panic buying. Yeah. Just don't participate in panic. It's amazing how well things work out. Um, we know that, uh, I, 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 like every day, I see another announcement. Insert, really big business, <laughs> says all employees are going to come back to their downtown Chicago skyrise. You know, the, the, the companies that have their names at the very top of the building. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
these financial firms where they're saying two weeks, June 1st, everybody back in the office. It might be easy to say that. It might be more difficult to make it happen for a variety of reasons. But one of the reasons that we probably avoid talking about more is mental health. Yeah. We talk about a whole bunch of other, I say, excuses, reasons, conditions, but rarely do we talk about that. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, If you need help, if you're struggling in any way, shape, or form, I have a great clearinghouse for you, NAMI.org, N-A-M-I.org. Great place to go. Learn a lot of things there. But joining us right now is uh, employment law expert, Kristen Prince, who is going to talk to us a little bit about the burnout issue that we're hearing. This is this is and and Kristen, this is from people who've been working at home for the last year, right? Yeah. Hi, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think uh, more than three quarters of U.S. employees are saying that they're experiencing burnout right now. Wow, burnout from being home from being at home. Well, I think being home, a lot of people didn't have any break from work. They just felt like, you know, they roll out of bed, they start working. There's no real five o'clock, you shut everything off, you're still at work. There's no delineation between work time and personal time. It was all the same. Right. And because we always hear about people who are like, this is great, this being at home stuff. I don't work as much, but I guess that's not everyone. Well, and plus, people had the added stress of, am I going to lose my job? Mm. Is this going to go away? You know, there was that constant kind of nagging of just COVID. You know, what's going to happen? There's so much uncertainty going on right now. So specifically thinking about that, and we're thinking about the, the, the business owners out there and the employees, how should employees approach this subject? If you are feeling this stress, anxiety, Burnout. How do you talk to your boss about that? Well, if you're not comfortable talking to your boss, maybe you could talk to HR or somebody else in the workplace. But you actually, as an employee, have a lot more protections if you do speak up and you disclose that you're having issues and ask to set some boundaries because there are protections out there for you. But if you don't say anything, those protections just won't apply. Wow. Well, and the problem is, I think, especially with mental health, people have always been hesitant to say something because probably in the workplace, I would imagine it was kind of frowned upon. Right. What do you mean you have a mental health issue? It's interesting you say that because I think a lot of people like if you had a sore throat or you had a migraine. Yeah. Or you had a cough and you said you weren't coming to work. Acceptable. Right. But you're having any sort of a mental health issue. Mm -hmm. Suck it up and get in. Unacceptable, here. right? And I, has that changed, Kristen? Do you think? I think it changed because it's so prevalent, and I also think that um, that millennials and younger generation are much more open about what's going on in their lives, and so employers have been kind of forced to have these conversations that used to be taboo. So, yeah, I think I think it's changed. I think it's so widespread. I mean, I don't pretty much. Like I said, 76% of people are saying they're experiencing burnout. Burnout is a form of mental health issue. So um, I do think that we're just going to see more and more people talking about it. 
So when you you can't solve a problem if you don't talk about it. When you encourage people to maybe go to HR, uh, what should they do? I mean, should what, what kind of parameters can be set for them? Well, HR does represent the company. You know, everybody says that, but you can use that tool because it is also there to make sure that the company is following laws. So you can go and say. I need to take a leave or I need to have some sort of uh, modified schedule for temporary period because I'm having these issues. You could also go to your doctor. I mean, primary care physicians are getting requests all the time from employees to, you know, get a doctor's note and ask for an accommodation. We're talking to uh, Kristen Prince, an employment law expert about this. So, so let's flip it around and let's talk to the bosses, the managers, the HR people out there, for lack of better terms. How concerned should they be and how can they address this in, in a positive way, knowing that there's going to be some return to normalcy on some day? I, I, I wish I knew exactly when it is. How how concerned do they need to be about that employee walking through the front door, maybe for the first time in over a year? Uh, they should definitely be checking in as much as possible, especially now. There's such a shortage of talent out there, which I think people don't realize, but it's very hard for employers to be hiring. So you want to retain your good staff, and the way you do that is check in with them, ask them how they're feeling, Ask them if they're comfortable returning to the to the office. If your employees have been able to work from home and be productive, you might want to consider a more hybrid approach of having some people come in and some people work from home or having some people come in a couple days while the other people are working from home. So some sort of slowly easing back into the to the going into work. Yeah, the flex schedule seems like it might be forefront when, when things get back to old normal hashtag old normal. right because i mean we we have yeah. so many issues to deal with and like you said easing them back in i think when people hear a deadline that's when they that's when that's their mental health anxiety, issues really right? yeah exactly yeah, exactly. that deadline yeah. is exactly. but you have to i guess circle that date on a calendar for right. employers you have to set a deadline right you have to At say some something point. so but i think talking to the employees is a great idea Kristen, thank you for your time today we appreciate it Thank you both. Have a great day yes. and uh, make sure you take care of your mental health. Here, here. <laughs> Thank you. You know, you know, Kristen said something that I thought was was interesting and it reminded me of something. Everything reminds me of something. Yeah. That younger people are more comfortable talking about this. They've grown up with mental health being something that is easier to discuss, even if it's not easy it's easier than it used to be and here's the example so i have, I have a friend that's a, a sheriff all right mm -hmm. and it is pretty well known that inside law enforcement there, there can be a lot of mental health issues there's a ton of stress with that job you know anxieties a variety of different things and he told me he goes it's really interesting when i look at my deputies and he says you you can draw a line you know at those that, uh, uh, you know, over the age of about 30-something, he goes, it's somewhere in the low 30s, they're never going to ask for help. They're never going to raise their hand. They're never going to say they're struggling. He goes, my deputy's younger than that? He goes, they're it all the time. <laughs> he goes, hey, hey, they're bringing up, hey, you know what, I'm really, you know, maybe I need to sit down with somebody. You know, th there is a generational thing that the older generation is, you don't first off you don't talk about it and secondly rub some dirt on mm. walk it off 
while a younger generation, this is just law enforcement, yeah. but I know that mm-hmm. it, it translates in a lot of other places, that a younger generation says, no, this is serious. And I know this is an issue, and we need to take care of it. And I, I, I guess I'm, it's a positive that some people are doing it, but my worry is, and you know, his worry too, running a large, you know, uh, uh, sheriff's office is, I worry, he, he said, I worry about my older deputy. Yeah, because you hear Be- about that. Because I know that there's divorce. I know that there's suicide. Oh, I yeah. know that there's issues specific to the job of being a cop, being in law enforcement. And he says, but this older generation, they're not going to say anything. He goes, they're they, there's still a stigma like involved yeah, in, yeah. well, you would never tell somebody you're struggling hard to get past mentally. that barrier. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, I do want to say, you know, hey, first off, Mental Health Awareness Month, that's May. Yeah. Um, my message, as someone who has dealt with uh, uh, depression and anxiety for longer than I care to remember, um, it does get better. Hmm. Uh, and you're not alone. You, you know, it, as isolated as you may feel, as unique as your situation is, it is unique to you, but you're not alone. Other people have gone through this, and other people have beaten it. Other people have gotten better. So I just want to make sure you hear that. Good morning, it's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. Maybe you, uh, uh, and the winner is, first we don't know. You all enjoy the Kentucky Derby last weekend, right? It's a bit of a, a, a tradition, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wear jaunty hats. Have you been? Drink moot. I've never been to the Derby. Me neither. Never been. And I've never had a mint julep. I bet on it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I used to bet on the ponies a lot more, but, uh, I've never been there. But, if you watched the race last week, not last week, a week ago, and you saw Medina Spirit take the win, well, maybe not. That's because a drug test performed post-race came back positive for drugs. A steroid. Don't make me pronounce it. At double the legal, it's something, 29 picograms, which I'm led to believe is not a lot, but it's still more than you're allowed. That a methazone. Yeah, that too. So, does that mean they don't, does that mean the winner's disqualified? Well, there's a good chance. So the winner would be disqualified, however the bets... Stay. Well, how would you ever get them back? Right. You couldn't. Right. But if, guess, you, if you bet. Guess what they will have to give back if they prize money? strip them. Ooh, $1.8 million. Wow. Yeah. You can't do anything without cheating these days. Is it cheat? I mean, it's got to be, right? Now, here's the weird thing. And I say this with all due respect. And what does that mean? You can say anything you want. It's in the Geneva Convention. Yep. After you say with all due respect, you can literally say anything you want. Bob Baffert, U of A guy, sorry. <laughs> Bear down, Wildcats. Mm, figures. Is the trainer. Mm-hmm. Bob Baffert is one of the greatest trainers in the history of horse racing. Really? Seriously. Yeah. Okay. He's won multiple derby, big races, all of right? Mm. This is the 29th time one of his horses has tested positive for drugs. At what point can you stop saying it wasn't me? <laughs> like, at what point do you go, yeah. Oh, so he's got a rep. He's got a reputation. Well, apparently they all do. Like, it's the dirty, it's like baseball. 
It's the dirty secret. Yeah. But only one other derby horse has been stripped. So what? Do they know enough to... They know the right amount to put in so they can squeak by? Yeah. I mean, is that what happens? If you if they find drugs in the, in the horse's system, isn't it automatically disqualified in, in, like, all races? Or is there some leeway? So every state has a different... Mm, level. And different standard and different gotcha. rule. There isn't, like, the international, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. It's not oh. like the NBA, like a three-pointer is a three-pointer everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there are different rules and everything. But it is interesting because, I if mean. He's, but if he's known. Well, he's hardly the only one. But yes. But only one other derby horse was disqualified in, in the history, which is. But he says he was wronged. <laughs> he's a victim. Wow. Last month, he was in Arkansas appealing a suspension for positive tests from horses that won a year ago. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe we know who should be stripped and disqualified. Not the horse, but the trainer. How do all of these drugs keep getting into horses? Again, since he's, he's been a trainer for a long time, but 29 of his horses have failed drug tests. At some point, I say this with all due respect, Mr. Baffert, Mm -hmm. it's not everybody else. It might be you. Now, can I I point out something, though? And and this all gets me to the reason I can tell an interesting story. So the when I was a little maggot, you remember my dad and I, I remember I told the story that we got hit by lightning when he took me and my brother to go fishing. Maybe a worse story (laughs) is the time dad told mom we were going to the drugstore on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And we went to the horse track. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, kids. We went to a place called Rosecroft. I remember it well. Nice. In Maryland, nowhere near the drugstore. Nowhere near. And it was um, it was the race where they sit in the, the little, I called it the, the carriage chariot, behind it. Car- the chariot. Carriage, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's called the chariot, they're called, but they're called yeah. trotters. Trotters. Ah, there we go. Right. They don't race at full gallop. They trot. And uh, we were bored, my brother and I, complaining. So my dad gave us each $2 to bet on a horse. $2 to win. And he showed us. You go to the paddock. You watch them before they go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I picked horse number seven, my lucky number. There it is. And it had the longest legs. And I figured this has got to be an advantage. <laughs> I'm like nine years old. Yeah. This has got to be an advantage in horse racing to have long legs. My dad giggles. My horse is a 49 to one shot. Nice. My dad's bet on the favorite. They run the race, photo finish. You know, my horse wins. Woo! I get paid 98, I'm nine years old. $98. That's I thought I'd hit the lottery. Millions. It's the most money I've yeah. ever seen. My dad made me give him the $2 back. Okay. He let uh, you keep the money? I walked out with wow. 96. Well, he, what was he going to do? Well, there he is. Because he couldn't did, did tell, you mom. tell mom. Yeah. That was hush mom. money. Yeah, that was hush I, money. I would have knocked gotcha. dad out. Dad, in mom, a second. I won at the horse races and dad <laughs> stole my money in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I bought a bike. Nice. Yeah, you did. That was your yeah. calling. You missed it. Could have been a professional the horse. The first horse race I ever bet on, I won. My dad goes, this is the worst thing could ever happen. For God's sake. Every day I feel like. We get a little bit closer to old normal, right? Every day I'm feeling it. I see it on the streets. 
this weekend, despite some of the cooler weather and some of the showers, I can talk about the the mean streets of Streeterville. Come for the pier. Stay for the tussle. <laughs> that uh, as a Streeter villain, uh, there was some... There, Again, every week I see more people, and there there are people that don't they live here. They're down here, mm-hmm. they're visiting pier, they pier, they're visiting restaurants, they're walking around the parking lots, you know, are full oh, yeah. the pay parking lots. So I'm like, people are coming back, mm-hmm. people are checking things out. That's a good thing. That's I'm a getting, positive. I'm getting hugged a lot more. There's hugs, hugs, strangers or not strangers, okay. but people I would I I wasn't hugging my children, and now I am. And it's a little bit awkward. Well, that's because you like some of them more than others. So that's part of it. Um, But we know one of the things that's going to help us get back to some semblancy of normalcy is kind of a a work schedule, right? Some sort of a a, a nine to five, if you want to call it. Whatever it looked like before. But there's some unique challenges, especially for the moms returning to the workplace. Joining us right now is the chief economist. At the Illinois Policy Institute, Orfi Devunge. How did I do on your name? Uh, you did. You did well. Thank you very much for having me, Orfi. So, pleasure. so help me understand a little bit about some of these unique challenges, specifically women are feeling here in Illinois as they try to, let's say, re-enter the workplace. Uh, absolutely. So, you, you, you know, we we reported on the fact that COVID nineteen had a disproportionate effect on. Uh, low-income families, minorities, uh, but especially women across the country. Uh, but it wasn't just all women. It was particularly women with children, especially women with young children at home, uh, because basically schools were closed, right? So uh, when schools and daycares closed down, many not only many women lost their jobs, but also they didn't have a place to take the kids, right? And so, uh, and so they stayed home. They were pushed out of the labor force to take care of the kids at home, uh, and so we were hopeful that, you know, with the vaccine rollout, with the fact that things that you mentioned, things are starting to get back to normal, that you would see more women reenter the labor force. But uh, that is not what's happening right now. You know, we had a national uh, jobs report that came out on Friday. And what we learned there was that there were labor shortages. Businesses are reporting that basically uh, they can't find workers fast enough to fill some of the new yeah. jobs that are being created. And so uh, part of that story is the fact that women are still stuck at home because uh, in many states, uh, the states the state leaders recommended that schools be reopened. But unfortunately, uh, you know, many, many school districts haven't fully reopened schools for in-person learning, uh, especially in Illinois. You know, only a fraction of schools right. uh, are reopened are reopened fully. Now, I'm surprised that these uh, – why – why weren't these women able to stay at home and work like so many Americans? They just pivoted and worked out of their homes. Right. So, so, so having women, uh, so having children at home, uh, you know, the, the data tells us, the American Time Use Survey data tells us that basically m- women still uh, bear the brunt of child care, right? And so they, they take more time, they spend more time, with the children uh, at home still. Uh, and, and so that means that when you have kids at home, uh, it's very often the, the mothers that are taking care of, of helping the kids through their, uh, through their learning, online learning, uh, you know, in, in classes uh, at home. And so, and so the dads are able to get back to work faster, uh, but the mothers are not. And so that's kind of the problem. 
what we saw in four of the states that actually had mandates, orders to reopen schools, is that labor force participation of mothers actually increased uh, by about two percentage points relative to states that did not have orders to reopen. And so what that means for Illinois is that roughly 28,000 women are stuck home because the school districts haven't reopened Mm. for uh, for in-person learning. Yeah, and you, I, I guess I can I can play this out again. We're talking to the chief economist for the Illinois Policy Institute, Orfe Devunge, that um, if it's a chicken and egg argument, right? If they can't get back into the workplace, it kind of stunts everyone's growth. It may it may harm them in the long term. Um, you know, but we, I see this also where some of the parents out there are choosing not to send their kids back to school, even. If they, even if schools are available. So, like, I don't fully understand what's going on with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, you know, a few months ago, we would have made that, we would have made that the case for that, right? So when, when, when there were jobs were scarce, right? Mm -hmm. Because of COVID, because of the pandemic, when jobs were scarce and there was absolutely no wage growth, right? Because, you know, there were, there there was so many, uh, there were, there were no jobs available. Everybody was asked to stay home. Then, then we could make the case that basically fewer opportunities were pushing women out of the labor force, and, and, and they had no reason to return, right? And, and, and this COVID-19 scare was a problem. Now, research actually shows us that uh, labor demand, right, job creation actually picked up, and that there's actually been an uptick in wages in the past couple of months, uh, you know, as, as the nor- normal kind mm-hmm. of is starting to return. Uh, but also... Uh, you know, beyond the fact that the labor market is really starting to heat up again, right? In, in terms of in terms of job creation, uh, we're, what we're seeing is that there's there's also no transmission of COVID nineteen in schools, right? And so, right? And so, you know, research, you know, even even the UNICEF, right? Global organization like the UNICEF talks about the fact that schools are not super spreaders. K through twelve schools are not super spreaders. The schools have have done a pretty good job. Very safe, of, right? Of, Right, and schools are very safe, and so uh, kids are actually suffering. So the the kids are actually not are missing out, especially low income and minority children are missing out on years of education. Right, a full year uh, already, which is going to affect their earnings in the long run. Right, negatively affect their earnings in the long run. And so, if we're concerned about income inequality, right, and if we're concerned about uh, disparities. Uh, between uh, you know between whites and minorities, right? What we need to be focused on is getting those kids back to school. Uh, so that's one thing. The second thing is mothers themselves, by staying at home, are actually in the long run, uh, unfortunately, hurting their uh, lifetime earning prospects. Right. Right. And so when we talk about things like gender gap uh, across the country, that gender gap is only going to increase the longer women stay out of the labor force. Right. Uh, and so, of course, we've had, uh, not, it's not just a, a, a story of schools not reopening. It's also a story of, you know, policy in Washington, D.C., right, has kind of pushed uh, people to stay, for, kind of helped people stay home a little bit, because what, what we had was stimulus checks that were not very targeted, right? So we had, a, we had stimulus checks that went to everyone. And so what that does is it doesn't necessarily give people an incentive yeah. uh, to to actually go back to work and yeah. so uh, so we have a combination of factors here that are that are causing this uh, 
but schools not being open, fully open for in-person learning also plays a very important role. Thank you so much for your time and helping us understand that. Again, that's Orfe Devunge with the Illinois Policy Institute, their chief economist, uh, with the schools not being open, keeping specifically moms from getting back into the workforce. But he did said something in there that I thought was interesting, that we've, we've seen wages rise. As we hear everywhere about a lack of workers, a lack, a lack of labor, the way the free market works, and I'm a fan of it is, well, people will start offering more money. So is there a tipping point? You know, what? what's the number where you say, all right, I'll, I'm going, I'll take that job. I'm going in for that a- a application. I'm going to go back to this job because they're now offering an extra two bucks that, an that hour, five bucks an hour, whatever it is. Zero stimulus and no more extended unemployment. Ouch. I think that's, well, I, 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 I hey, I was a fan of it because I, you know, benefited. Yeah, but I understand completely why people wouldn't work. Right, they're just looking—they're looking at their bank account. Yeah, they're going. Which makes more sense? Kids are home. Government right, sending I'll me free money or going home. to work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and which but, one affects my bottom line? Remember the economy. When you talk about the economy, the economy is everybody's pocketbook or wallet. That's yeah. the, mm-hmm. That's the economy to them. How's your economy? Hold on, let me check. <laughs> right, the rest of the economy. Who, who the hell cares? Yeah, doesn't that affect you? Yeah. It's Bruce, it's Judy, it's Cheese. And you know, even even though I was late to the party, if you will, even I understand a little bit about Mayor Lightfoot's background. Her ascendancy to the mayor's mansion. Is it a mansion? No. There's no mansion that comes with the job. You get a house? Anything? You get an office. Condo. Oh, that's it? Lean to. Gavel. You get a lean to. (laughs) She doesn't need much. She's small. You get a tech millennium park. She's (laughs) a lawyer. She's got money. Um, But she was certainly, um, when that election began, first off, there was like 40 people running, right? Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. She was about 38th on the list, you know, when you looked at like the polling data. (laughs) So it it was a bit of a surprise. That she came out of nowhere to win. There was a a sense in Chicago of Change. they're all a bunch of crooks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, half the people running for mayor were under indictment or investigation. You know what I'm saying? And that, yeah, she would bring some real change. A fresh face, if you will. Yeah, kind of a reformer she ran on that platform. And, you know, that was a big word for a lot of people in the, in the past few years. So, just recently, we've had... Some real changes. The head of head of CPS is leaving. The head of COPA is leaving. There's been a bit of a revolving door of people on their oh, way out. Let me just oh, let me just name a few. Am I being nice? Uh, the chief operating officer is left. Streets and sanitation commissioner is leaving. Now, some of these are they were holdovers from the last administration okay. of Rahm Emanuel. Some of them are retiring, so we have to be fair. Waste Management Commissioner, Family and Support Services Commissioner, Head of the Civilian Office of Police Accountability, as you mentioned, CEO of CPS, Janet Jackson, Deputy Mayor for Public Safety, Chief Risk Officer, Chief of Security for the Mayor, In-House Labor Negotiator, Deputy Communications Director, Deputy Press Secretary. How many more people are there? Hold on. How much more time you got? Identified a problem. Corporation Council. Too many people. That was the guy who got you know all uh, you know involved in that uh, raid on the home of uh, Anjanette Young. So he had to resign. 
So um, sources are now saying Lightfoot's chief of staff might also resign. She is already on her third communications director and third press secretary. And she's still searching for a new fire commissioner. As you can imagine, she goes through people she like gets, Trump. She gets for a little God's bit sakes. defensive when asked about it, but let's face it: COVID hit. It was a COVID year, according to the are you mayor. Defending, are you defending this revolving door I'm, by saying it's all COVID related? I'm not defending it. I'm just giving you the facts. COVID hit. She's a new mayor. She had some holdovers. There were some retirements. She would say it's a difficult year. It's been a difficult year, and people are reassessing what they want to do. Be that as it may. I would think as a reformer, and you know what? Maybe maybe the reform starts now. Maybe she'll get a lot of her own people in there and, and get on this reforming binge, which I don't think's happened yet. Again, it's a COVID year. Yeah, but you did, got, you did gotta this happen give her when Rahm Emanuel took over? Did this happen when Blagojevich? Yeah, but they didn't they didn't live through a pandemic. And you're right. They there's all there's always turnover. Every I'll, I'll acknowledge always there's turnover. always turnover. Yeah. I think I think what I'm seeing is and if I'm I'm understanding it correctly, you Chicagoans can tell me. It's harder to reform than we thought it was. That that you can I don't be even a, know what that means. Reform. Right. But you can be a reformer and run on it, and once you get into office, all of a sudden you realize well, not all these people want to be reformed. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, well, we've always done it like this. Yeah. And we're always going to well, do it like this. And by the way, mayors come and go. This department's been here forever. That's the problem, right? right? She's done some things that people would argue is the status quo. Some of these big cases that have come up, you know, uh, the Anjanette Young. Well, I never saw the video. Well, maybe I saw the video. Well, you know what I mean? She. It's almost some would accuse her. Of being just like everyone else, but but you can't just come in. You can't be the bull in the china shop and expect to get anything done. You're a, you're well, a constituency of one. Yeah, that's interesting. You would say that because oh. some aldermen, you know, say she has a rather abrasive management style. And we know she drops. She's the talks like a sailor. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if you see her, I mean, when you see her at news conferences, she she looks pretty no nonsense. She's she could be a little scary. Let me put it this way. But she is mayor the mayor Lightfoot. of Chicago. Not that funny. <laughs> Just <laughs> now, that's funny because um, <laughs> not that funny. Not that funny. Uh, I, I just don't she, think she's unfunny. I think she is. I think she's has a good sense intentionally of humor. or unintentionally. Well, I think she's she's my kind of girl. You know, mm-hmm. she's got that look like don't even think about it. Don't yeah, even I don't think, think that's about it. Funny, yeah, by the way. Funny. No, I think it's you, funny. You, nothing, nothing we described in there is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think, I think it's hilarious in a scary way. Light, Lightfoot is finding out, finding out just how tough it is yeah. to be a reformer in Chicago. A city that, again, <laughs> might doesn't, doesn't want to be big reform? on reform. <laughs> exactly. Like, eh, define reform. Um, what that? Your phone, your new phone just. My, my new phone just started talking. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that is. I don't have any idea. Did we give a wow. in there? Did it Good. like? Did your blood pressure uh, go up or something? We hear it's like every day you hear another story about a shortage of something, the price of something going up. Maybe it's gas. Maybe it's toilet paper. Yeah. Maybe it's chicken nuggets. Oh, that's when it hit home. For yeah. Me. That's, that's when, when it, it real. It's got real. <laughs> it got real. I mean, a chicken shortage. It's chicken really? nuggets. Okay.
I, I can live with I don't even have a car here. Go, I don't care what the price of gas is. You just need nuggets. You'll still be able to get them. You'll just have to pay $90 for an order. But there are a lot of things out there, I guess I should say, that are in short supply. And the lack of this is really impacting our manufacturing sector. Joining us right now is Haven Allen. He's a CEO and co-founder of M-Hub. First off, good morning, Haven. Good morning, Bruce. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you on here. So we've, we we actually talked to a, a business owner earlier in the show uh, who is struggling to get raw material, m- literally metal. <laughs> uh, she told Aluminum. us there, there was a pallet yeah. shortage. Even after they make something, they don't have the wooden pallets to put things on. But this is this is affecting businesses in a variety of sectors, right? This shortage of materials. Absolutely. And uh, essentially in every uh, manufacturing sub-industry. So in, in sh- Chicago and Illinois specifically, where are we being hard hit? What is the concern that somebody like yourself would have as we hope to get back to old normal? We hope that jobs are coming back. We hope that, that the economy starts to grow. It feels to me like this could put a bit of a dampener on it. Yeah, I, I think it can, but it, it's definitely a short-term issue. I mean, this is part of the friction of reopening the economy. If you look back a year ago, the supply chains that can completely collapse as we are needing to pivot a lot of manufacturing to uh, producing face shields, face masks, uh, hospital gowns. Um, and, you know, at the same time, a lot of facilities were uh, reducing their productive capacity and expecting for supply chain slowdown. Um, now this is just part of the ramp up cycle. Um, and then some abnormal things happening, like uh, as you guys just uh, Talked about the the oil pipeline from you know the yeah. Suez Canal being Ugh. blocked up to the you know the, the freezing of the electric grid down in in uh, Texas. There's a lot of weird aberrations that are short term, and then I think just a, a natural friction that's going to happen over the the next three to six months. Um, good thing about when supply chain prices get um, high, there are new entries to the market, so mm. there will be new producers of steel new producers of plastic chips are a little bit you know take a little Pretty bit specify yeah specific uh, industry there yeah absolutely but you know you look at this um this current administration even the last one looking at you know the importance of manufacturing the importance of shoring up our supply chain and i think all of this should lead to a, a stronger more robust supply chain as we get past this this short-term friction point well, Haven, um, Bruce is most concerned about chicken. <laughs> how, yes. how did we, what, what happened I there? I, I thought we had a gazillion chickens. You know, I, I look at, um, you know, our entire way that we feed people changed during COVID. Hmm. You know, a lot of the market was um, driven towards, um, you know, big producers, and we had a pivot towards individual purchasers, right? Everybody was cooking at home. Everybody was buying yeast, and there was a yeast shortage. And um, I think that there's just a, a re-sort of um, a realignment that's going to happen in the short term as we get back to normal life. So just and, kind of a uh, hiccup. So Bruce, a hiccup. Bruce can be yeah. assured that he will have his chicken nuggets. Yeah. I mean, Wall Street may make a bigger deal out of it because they're, you know, they're chasing inflation and, and looking for ways to, to drive up prices to, to sure up things. So, it, you know, this happened in 2008 with commodity prices. It abates new markets, new supply enters, and everything smooths out. And in the long run, long run there, there's more supply that people will be able to tap into.
Haven Allen is the CEO and uh, co-founder of M-Hub. Is there a concern, at least you know, with your expertise in the manufacturing world, that that habits change maybe a little more than they did before, that some of this isn't temporary, that there are some things out there that may never return to old normal, that the pandemic way of doing it becomes the new way of doing it, and will that impact certain manufacturing or businesses in ways that maybe we haven't even thought of yet? Potentially, I, I, you look at just like computer peripherals, right? Um, mouses, cameras, lights, everybody having to have a personal laptop. That mm-hmm. was definitely something that uh, changed in our uh, supply chain. And we've pushed a lot of our manufacturing capacity into serving what was a crunch six months ago. You couldn't buy a little video camera to, yeah. to get HD cameras. Um, and then you have also the entries of, um, you know, more auto manufacturers producing electrical vehicles. So the, the demand on electrical components and chips are going to increase there. Um, all of that's exciting and an advancement in manufacturing, advancement in technology. Um, and the supply chain will pivot and go towards the, where there's highest demand. So um, I, I'm definitely hopeful as uh, the suppliers get back up to full productivity um, as demand is fully realized with new emerging technologies like uh, electronic vehicles, that there'll be plenty of uh, manufacturers are willing to service the need. But the hiccup is here, and um, we're going to have to deal with it at least in the short term. And you know, the great thing about individuals and their their consumption is they have choice and they can choose what to buy, when to buy, and and uh, hold off on certain pit purchases, knowing that prices will go down in in a six months time. Yeah, I was going to say for consumers, Haven, it seems like it, it won't, we won't feel it maybe as much during the hiccup. And then bits things, and pieces. Yeah, I, I mean, if you have the money, of course, it's, oh, you're always going to yeah. be able to afford something. But yeah, maybe we won't feel it as the brunt so much if it, if it corrects itself quickly. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely uh, maybe forego purchasing some new fancy electronic for three months and then the prices will go down. I think housing is where, uh, consumers are going to feel it most in in the short term, um, but you know I, I think there's ways of removing things like tariffs and softwoods from Canada that could easily um, abate the supply chain constraints that we have right now. Haven, we appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. He's Haven Allen, the CEO and co-founder of M-Hub, uh, as we talk about some of the impacts it'll have. So, yeah, what you're hearing the experts say is in the short term, but short term of them could be the next six months. Well, yeah, that's and to say, you know, consumers can just maybe hold off. And you're right. Maybe you can hold off on a new car. Mm hmm. Possibly a new house, although I would say save those pallets. Maybe you can build some houses with those. You might be forced to because good luck getting getting wood. But yeah, yeah, it's it's the essentials. You know what I mean? You you can't hold off on the essentials, for example. Nuggets. I was thinking toilet paper, but yes, chicken nuggets. No, I can. You can live without toilet paper. Can't live without chicken nuggets. Yeah, nuggets. Uh, There was there was an amazing picture that I saw. Uh, Ford builds trucks. It's their number one seller, the F series. You've heard, yeah, of yeah, before, yeah. Right? And uh, Kentucky is where one of their big, the big plant is. They make them. And there was a picture of it's actually Kentucky Motor Speedway. Yes, that's why uh, I always tie everything into racing. Yep. But they have a huge parking lot, you know, like any sports stadium would. And it was a before and after picture. It was a picture like six months ago, completely empty. There's no race going on. Who the hell would be hanging out at the Kentucky Motor Speedway, right? Yeah. Now the whole parking lot 
is full, bumper to bumper, with brand new pickup trucks. Missing the computer components. So they've been manufacturing the trucks, rolling them off the assembly line, but they're not ready to go to people because they're still missing parts that Ford doesn't have. How, where does that catch up? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Would you live in a mall? There was a time when that no. sounded like absolute nirvana to me. Living in a mall. Yeah, right. It's got a movie theater. It's got video games. It's got a Cinnabon. What else do I need? Right? But as silly as that may sound, malls have evolved over the Have you been to a big indoor mall lately? Do mm-hmm. you go often? Yeah. Because I, I have no reason to go. Yeah. But whenever I go, it's sad. It is very sad. So there's one. I point every time I point the wrong direction. Water Tower? Water Tower. There's a Nordstrom. That way. This way. No, Why not Water Tower. The one with the Nordstrom. Right 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 oh, that. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, That's not really a true mall, but I. It's no, got but it three is. levels. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. It's got store. Well, so I went in there mm-hmm. and I walked there. Like, th- there's th- yeah. three levels. That's really depressing, that one. Yeah, it's like a good If I told you it was 70% vacant, I think that's probably. It's just Nordstrom's, right? And then a few little bitty Mm -hmm. shops and a guy selling Peloton bikes. You know, kiosk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Charlestown Mall, out by my house. Okay. When I first moved out there, packed. Every store was open. Now, the only thing keeping that alive is the fake Nordstrom. What is that? Nordstrom Rack? Nordstrom Rack. No, no, no. Fake Nordstrom. Thinks it's a Nordstrom. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. It was that. There was one one big chain and then the movie theater and the movie theater closed. Of really? COVID. Yeah. So in the mall is completely empty. Is it still open, the mall? No. A they, lot of them they, shut they down. shut it all down. Wow. No and I think the one um, closer to you in Bartlett there is or that Bartlett area. That's Stratford. Stratford. Yeah. That's, that's closed, like right? Town. No, it's open, but it's a ghost oh, town. Now, I will say Yorktown in Lombard. It's it's doing okay. Oak Brook, that is not an indoor mall. That is an outdoor yeah. mall. That does very well. Really? Yeah. Yes. So maybe it's just it's, the indoor. It's the indoor ones. Be, well, in but the, the old school mall. You know the what I old mean? Old school mm-hmm. mall, right? The so, ones that had the anchors of Sears, Macy's, Carson's, J.C. Penny, and Penny's. Well, think about it. Macy's, uh-oh, Sears, uh-oh, Carson's. Uh-oh. They're all closed. And the malls, they yeah. they shut down. Yeah. So you you lose your anchor stores. You lose. Pretty much everything. Interesting. Because of that, you have these vacant malls, almost vacant. If they're not soon to be completely vacant, what do you do with them? A lot of them have prime real estate. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Good locations. Plenty of parking. (laughs) Plenty. What do you do with them? What do they change? Like, only so many of them can become uh, Amazon warehouses. (laughs) Like, only so many of them. Uh, Although I say that, who knows? Maybe there'll be an Amazon warehouse on every street corner here pretty soon. They're going to own everything eventually. But there's a guy. There's always a guy. There's a guy. You got a guy. I got a guy. Right here in Chicago, who's got an idea? He's not the first one to have it, I think. But I think he might be onto something. Follow me on this. Mm -hmm. What if you take... Let's use the Sears. It's empty. It's three levels. You go in there, you start putting up some walls, knocking some things down over here, da-da, add a bathroom, not cut a hole in the side. Ooh, look, there's a view. And you turn them into apartments or condos. Would you live in the mall? 
Hmm. Would you buy a place that's already contained inside a living, breathing mall? People are. They have been doing it. I think it sounds interesting. I'm not opposed to it. I like the idea of what I can't listen. This you is personally. New to me. Yes. Here's why. Interesting. So here's what's new for me. Walking out of my front door here on the main streets of Streeterville. Come for the pier. Stay for the tussle. And there's a restaurant next door. Yeah. And there's a Target right there across the crosswalk. And there, I'm not used to that. Yeah. I'm used to getting in my car and driving to everything. And by the way, I walk to work. I practically live in a mall now. My mall's just called Streeterville. <laughs> big outdoor mall. It's a nice really big mall. mall. Yeah. yeah. But you see, my, my point I is, do. I really I'm getting kind of used to it. I don't even have a car. What do nope. I need a car for? If I can't walk to it from here, I don't need it. So that's appealing to you. That's really appealing. Yes. And so the idea of living in a mall that would have restaurants, some stores I could go shopping at, maybe a movie theater attached to it, right? And, and, people, and maybe and yeah. work nearby? And you have to understand, you're saying a mall, like you're not actually, in, you you are inside the mall, but they're, what they're building here, there's all this outside stuff too. So you're almost in a community. They're, 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 you've got the mall, you've right? got the outdoor stores, you have... You know, walkways and gardens, and it's all you know, fountains. It's a whole lifestyle. Senior centers. Yes. So there's there the mall. Yes. The mall becomes the anchor. And speaking of seniors, I think that's who loves this idea. If you can go to Mall Walker 24 hours a day. Oh my gosh. You just walk around your living room, apparently. Walk around. (laughs) You're a mall walker. You do the circle. Yeah. Yeah. You say, oh, I think this appeals to younger people. You're right. It probably older people and younger. People who don't have a car, don't want a Single car. Single people. Who want yep. convenience yep. over a yard. Who want to be able to go downstairs to the Marianos. <sighs> downstairs. Or to the TGI Fridays. Or as or in Bruce's case. They have the pot stickers there. Mm, oh, when they yeah. touch your lips, they're very good. Oh, my Fridays. goodness. They are delicioso. And then you finish it up with a Cinnabon. Yes. <sighs> Just the smell of the Cinnabon, right? Do you have I, that issue? I, you guys make fun of it. If I could live in a building that had a sip, that would be a selling <laughs> point. So here's our amenities. You know, when I was looking for a place to live, here's our amenities. Here's the workout place. Yeah, I don't need to see that crap. Here's our uh, uh, our meeting center. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to have meetings yeah. at your gardening cool. building. Yeah. This and the other. We have a Cinnabon sold. Where do I sign? <laughs> Sir, you haven't even seen the unit yet. Don't need to see it. There's a Cinnabon <laughs> on the third floor. I mean, right? Would you live okay. in a mall? Apartment buildings with a ground floor Whole Foods achieve a 5.8% rate rent premium. This one right here. Right you next to it. Charge more. Whole Foods in the, go- in the ground yep. floor, right? Those mm-hmm. people, they pay 6% more to live there. I did not know that. Wow. All I have to do is walk down the street to go to the Whole Foods. Boom. Yep. Yeah. I have a 6% right there. I have a subway near my building. Okay, I, you I, pay an extra famous. 2%. Is that negative, negative 3%? <laughs> no, you know, it's got to be. World famous. That's positive. the Jesse Smollett yeah. uh, uh, subway. Oh, is it then not? you're paying 4% more. Yeah. Just for that. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. And you can get the tuna. Contains no tuna. Nothing. Not any. You're allergic to tuna. You can have the tuna. <laughs> I haven't had tuna since that. I'm really upset. I love their tuna. We like to feature different restaurants, talk to these people about their specific place, about what they're doing, what makes them unique. And we call this part of the show. Get in foodie with Bruce and Judy. And joining us right now from... Carnival is Ozzy Godoy. Ozzy, good morning. 
Good morning. Oh my gosh, what an honor to be on the show. An you. honor, boy. I'll tell you what, we need to, we really need to raise your bar, Ozzy. I got to tell you, I want you to aim higher. I really, really oh, do. I'm telling you, it's, it's an honor. No so, lie. Tell me a lot, of, uh, tell me about Carnival a little bit. I, I'm new, to, so you can, you can sell me on your place, please. Let me tell you something. It, it's a breath. We've, we've been in the West Loop. We're the pioneers of the, we're the pioneers of the West Loop for like 16 years. All right. We are a whimsical, uh, a diversion of the ordinary. We are the most colorful, and whatever's going on outside, whether it's a pandemic or whether it's, you know, anything that's going on, rain. We are this 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 oasis of color, fantastic Latin fe- uh, fusion food, and just energy that's just just unique to what our restaurant provides for our guests and for tourists and everyone in the city. We're one of where I wanted a lifetime experience in the city. The pictures I was just looking yeah, at, the colors, it looks been. like a Matisse painting, right. for God's sakes. I mean, this is Based on the picture, uh, the ambiance is like, oh, my goodness. This oh, it's amazing there. Beautiful. There. Totally my kind of place. So what kind of food? You said a Latin-inspired menu? You know, it's, it's Latin fusion, Latin soul. That's what it is. You know, there's, you know, there's, a, there's a, a, a mix of different um, countries of Latin America that have their own specific you know, um, uh, um, you know, recipes mm-hmm. and feel and texture and, and flavors that we just meld together with a little bit of twist on American items as well. So it has all that. And like I said, we just, we, with the colorful, with the, with the ambiance, with the incredible food and the energy, and, you know, we're loud and fun. Uh, that's who we are. There's got to be music Great playing life. in the background, right? This place looks like, I'm looking at a picture of it uh, at, at, at CarnivalChicago.com. I can almost hear the music coming through the picture. <laughs> I know, right? Yes, yes, we want you to feel that. We want you. That's that's the purpose of us to be just like, like I said. We want to transform you from the ordinary. So uh, we're speaking to Ozzy Godoy. He's the general manager over at, at Carnival. We mentioned the menu and, and understand it. Give me something. Are you? Are, would you say you're famous for something? Would you say there's something on your menu that people keep coming back over and over? What do the regulars say? You gotta have blank at Carnival. You know what? For us, it's uh, you know it's we're known for this the signature dish. It's an appetizer, but that's a take on a Cuban dish called ropa vieja, which means old clothes. Because the way that we do the braised meat and we kind of shred it with it's pulled meat, mm. it is unbelievable. Uh, uh, just uh, an amalgamation of flavor of a sweet plantain, the braised beef, a little bit of the uh, of the sweet and savory, and we're known for that. All I mean, right. completely along with our arrachera and our meats. Which is really incredible, and also our incredible sixteen-layer chocolate cake. Oh, hey, whoa! Oh, wow. Sixteen. Yeah. Wow. So I see oh, that you also it's 15 do fifteen more layers than I normally <laughs> yeah, need. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe twelve I'll in take my it. case. So. <laughs> so I see you also do private events. How's business? Uh, is it picked up? You know, it has picked up. And hearing what you said in the last segment, it has. I mean, like Good. this past um, this past week, it has been a week that we haven't seen in almost fifteen months. Wow, and it has been unbelievable this whole week. And you know what? The city's embraced us again. So we've been seeing um, every week it getting higher and higher, and we anticipate this energy and uh, uh, and this embrace of what we provide. So yeah, we're getting busier. Our private events are are getting there. We're seeing a lot more inquiries. And as you do, as they do the math with the whole entire vaccines and people that are vaccinated and this and that, it just seems like people are more comfortable in making these, you know, these these private events. And we really see quarter four being fantastic as well. So it's getting there. It's getting there one week at a time, one day at a time. It's fantastic. So from a, again, you're the general manager. You're the boss, for goodness sakes. I just have a question. I mean, your staff feels safe. Your patrons feel safe. How, how have you been able to manage that uh, that balance? 
you know, we go we 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 got crazy right in February before the whole pandemic helped. I mean, I mean, the whole pandemic started with gloves and all this mitigation process before anything was really put in place. So we've been, you know, the staff is just as important as the guests because, you know, that interaction there and we've taken care of our staff very, very, very strongly in all the mitigations, all the preventive mitigations, all the, the attestations with, with temperature, you know, temperature taking. Sure. And so our staff has always felt very comfortable. And it's also, it's an environment that, Hey, if they don't feel well, stay home. Just call us. Stay home. Take the proper precautions because their families are our families, too. And that's how we are at Carnival, big family. Ozzie, nice I th- to hear that from a boss. Yeah. Right? Ozzie, I think you need to work on something, though. It's kind of hard to find the place. You can't really see it. I'm, I'm, guessing, that, I'm guessing there's some snark in there. It's painted beautiful. You can see it right off the, uh, the 90. Yeah. It's bright. Yeah painted you can't miss it it's like almost makes you get in a wreck when this you isn't by. one of these things where you're like i'm driving around the neighborhood yeah, no, i couldn't find no. carnival you can't, no, you if you can't it find here. it something's wrong yeah <laughs> and you say um ozzy that you were like what one of the first anchors there in the west loop we were i mean i, I would say us and publican really you know brought the west loop you know from that from that meat packing and processing and all the plants i mean you know we brought that whole entire dining experience to an area you know that typically was you know not a dining area 15 16 years ago you know and th- and our building used to be the drink used to be club row where china club was on and shelter so wow. you know that area has seen so much change in the last 20 25 years but we've been there we've been consistent we've always been the the entrance to fulton market and um you know and we continue to see that support you can see us grow and be a real vibrant part of the West Loop. Hey, Ozzy, we talk to a lot of uh, restaurants, people that own restaurants. And one of the yeah. things that they tell us a lot about, they like to brag about their farm to table. What's going on on the roof at Carnival? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, we're in the we're in the process until until winter stops and, ha- and takes its, its, its evil hand away from May. Um, <laughs> yeah. Point, right. We're going to start. We always start usually in late April, but now it's going to be late May, uh, and, and, and investing our rooftop garden and putting our herbs there, um, planting all of our tomatoes, our shishito peppers, a lot of, and, and that becomes a, a large part of what we do. And even, we'll even start investing in beehives again. Whoa. Um, in terms of having that part of that, you know, that, that city, our own city, you know, garden. Uh, that, that that will supply us some crucial ingredients. How cool is that? That's very cool. Like, not yeah. farm to table. Like, I mean, it's from upstairs yeah. to the table. Yeah. <laughs> How community is that? That is awesome. And let me just say that yeah. that bees honey goes great in drinks, as you Just throw know. it out there, yeah. yeah. Cocktails. You have some cocktails there, Ozzy? Oh, we have some great cocktails. We're known for mojitos and margaritas. We're known for that. Um, we're known for our cafeñas, which is a Brazilian drink, which I'm pretty accustomed to. And we're also known for... Drinks like the uh, Maracuya, which is a tequila take on uh, on fantastic drinks. We also are testing, and we're testing some new drinks, which is uh, we have. Well, did you need a test? Judy, they're <laughs> testing drinks. <laughs> ever, please, we'd love to Judy. You and have your opinions on. We'll bring them over there. Uh, oh yeah! Oh, oh God, God, that's Candy all you Martini. need. Oh, that's I, all you I'm need. gonna, I'm gonna be in. Ozzy, Ozzy, Judy was not aware there was a job as <laughs> drink tester. You know, now, now you've ruined yeah, her. As We'll do it at early. We'll, we'll do it early in the morning, late at night. Whatever. That's the, all. Whatever means. works. That is it. <laughs> hey, Ozzy, thank you so very much. We're gonna be. We're gonna come and visit, and and we wish you just continued great success over there at Carnival.
appreciate it. Thank you for the time and have have a great show and we'll it's an honor to be on. Have a great night. Thank here, you. Here. Thank you. Carnivalchicago.com. Yeah. Okay, uh, if just, that's not a party, through, I don't know what is. It just jumps it's, through the page right? when you see it and and, and cheese you're saying it's, it's the same thing about music, yeah. uh, oh, man. food, colors it's like it's being at carnival yeah, yeah. it is it is yeah. i feel when yeah. i look at the picture i feel like there's no um rooftop i the roof i feel like it's all open that's it it's looks so yeah, spectacular yeah. like this can't possibly be a great yeah. place the food's amazing and they oh my cook, gosh. cook they actually grow things on the roof that yeah they that's use. so cool that's kind of cool right that's very i thought very that cool. was the well that's why we featured today and like to talk to our buddy Ozzy over there, the general manager of Carnival. Getting foodie with Bruce and Judy. Get your, get your reservation in now. Yeah. We'll be packed this weekend, I guarantee. Right? Yum. I have yet to see, at least I don't think, I haven't seen one of the famous Chicago rats. I haven't seen one of the river rats. Mm. Why haven't I seen one of these rats yet? Uh, have you been looking? Is there a rat season? By the way, is there a time they come out? Is there a time of day I need to go hang? Should I just stand out there with cheese? Like, how does this work? I feel like maybe dusk. Right before sunup, man. Before and sun right up, there in front okay. of NBC Tower. Yeah. Really? They're in and out of the planters and stuff where the really? trees are. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, Nick, stop talking. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you don't have here. to stand there and smoke with them, Judy. I do. Oh, do they go, hey, oh, hey, buddy, you got a cigarette? Have to smoke with them. <laughs> Nick, for the way, <laughs> has bummed a cigarette off of, of him. Yeah. yeah. He's got one of these things stuck on camels now. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> that, gosh. That, that rat over there is smoking unfiltered camels. Yeah. Why? Because he's a man. He's okay, man. and is a rat man. Yeah, I so don't want to see him. We but have yeah. a bit. Of, so there are ratatones uh, out and about. But a rather novel approach to how do you deal with rats? I love this idea. I'm ready. We've got working cats in Chicago. Working cats. Working cats. <laughs> They're called community cats. So for the sixth consecutive year, Chicago's been named the rattiest city in America. Just <laughs> the rattiest city. We're ratty. Number one. But to combat the issue, the Treehouse Humane Society has put over a thousand feral cats onto the streets. Now, at first, I was like, wait a second. What about the poor cats? You just put them out in the streets to take care of the the rat population? Like kings. No, you actually like kind of adopt one of these cats. Uh-huh. And you let them out. They live outside, but you have to feed them. Or they put them like in buildings. Buildings hire the cats. And they feed them and take care of them. And then the cats help them take care of their rat problem. What does feral mean? A living on the streets. I thought, okay, it's not like rabid. Yeah, no, that's what I thought. no, no, yeah, no, no, thought, no, no, I, I no. That means say, they're looking in your eyes. You're like, yeah. why are we putting those out? They the don't. They don't like. They don't like. They can't be domesticated. Mm. They they oh, probably took okay. them from the streets and now they're back on the streets. But from the streets, back, back on, on the streets. You can Something, take you know, a cat out of the street. We got hood cats, <laughs> but you can't take <laughs> a street cats. out of the cat. Yep, that's what they should we name them. Really, literally have hood cats out of the streets chasing rats around. So they cats have pheromones. I guess at first they will, you know, chase the cats, kill them, possibly eat them, but I'm sure they don't taste like chicken. But then it doesn't even matter. Just the presence of the cats on the streets. They have these pheromones that keep rats really? away. So the according to Nick, the NBC Tower might needs, need some. Needs cats. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. see the cats than a rat. So follow me on this. <laughs> We've got the feral cats out chasing the rats. <laughs> feral cats are going to meet other feral cats oh. out at the rat party. They're going to have more feral cats. Yeah. Pretty soon, we're going to have too many feral cats for the rats. So what's next? Rabid dogs? We have yes. to send dogs out to get the cats who've gotten... Then after that, where do you go? Cats you see what I'm saying? Cats and living together. Where, no, how does this It's end? a nature thing, Bruce. It'll all take care of itself. Don't worry. And I'd really? rather have cats than rats. Mm. Aren't cats just really big rats? 
Okay, cats ignore you. Rats might. They are as that. Rats. rats might. What if a cat and a rat ask you for up? a cigarette? Remember? <laughs> All right, now we're done talking. <laughs> Rat turns around and goes, hey, hey, hey baby. Like a little, you know, big enough? How right? you how you doing? <laughs> it could happen. We're sending the rats. We're sending cats after the rats, but what if they like each other? What if what if nature changes and they just get to the See? point where they enjoy one another, right? Okay, one's a natural predator. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> They never met my cats. I mean, oh, they were not goodness. naturally predator of anything except a Frisky's buffet can. I'll and if you, you if you meet a feral cat, yeah. you might want to stay away from it anyway. They're yeah. not Ugh. they're not your domesticated meow nice cat. All right, I'll they're, keep this in mind. <laughs> that kind of cat. I'm just waiting. Okay, so just mark this day. What is today? May what? Tenth. Mark this day, May tenth, two thousand twenty. Well, now May you're going to start looking, so you're going to see your first no. rat. So I'm going to go with two years from now. We're going to be talking about the cat problem. Yeah. The, oh, the, my the goodness. The feral cat problem. Chicago is now the feral cat capital of the world. No more rats. Can't find a rat to save your own life. Cats everywhere. Yep, and now they're they, hugging humans okay, they have no rats. Okay, let me just tell you. These working cats have been on the streets of Chicago since 2012. Yeah, they're doing more now. 12. All right. It's all good. Mm. So, maybe the idea... <laughs> Of feral cats chasing river rats around the streets of Chicago means you need to have your faith in humanity restored. Judy says she could do that for you. Well, and I've got a story about a dog. How's that? Not a rabid dog, but a stolen dog. A man is facing larceny charges after he allegedly stole that dog in Cambridge. The dog's owner was reunited with his best friend, however, after the suspect was spotted with the pet by a news crew. Now, someone broke into a parked car, took a 13-month-old German short-haired pointer named Titus. When a Seven News crew was filming at the scene of the alleged theft later in the day, well, they saw Titus with a man walking by. <laughs> yeah, they also called. They called the police. Yeah, he was arrested. That guy's in yeah. desperate need of a right? tasing. But the owner and the pooch were reunited. Okay. It's hey. all good. And by the way, the owner says, "Don't ever question the value of media." Wow. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like. She calls nine one one with Channel Seven. <laughs> <laughs> like like the nine woman operator. Oh, Channel Seven. Well, no, it's Seven News. Seven News. Seven, seven News. Seven News is calling. Mm-hmm. We better get on it. She was a good interrogator, wasn't she? Yeah. So. Really, dude. What, what are you doing phone? with the dog? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it was broken. Phone was broken. I thought it was supposed to be walking the dog who was who was in the, the car. The phone, because that one phone that exists <laughs> wasn't working. <laughs> that was so, a good story. The phone. Yeah, everyone's fine. They're here. All's well that ends well. Yes. Thank you for restoring faith in humanity, Judy. We also uh, need to thank uh, all the people that it takes to to, to put this uh, this thing together. Mm. Listen, this kind of mediocrity is not easy to reach. I got to tell you, it takes the work of yeah, uh, lots of people, yeah. including uh, what we've got. MG Starting with us being the most mediocre. MG and the posse over yeah, in, Brett's in over there control. Today. Brett, yeah. Oh, shout out to Brett. Okay. Also, uh, infant producer Miranda on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass. Also, DJ Cheese working the ones and twos. Thank you, sir. And Nick Gale. He's uh, sticking around. He's got the news, the traffic, the weather, everything you need to know. It's all coming up next on 890 WLS.